Then the teacher looked over her class as the most crimson of liquid, that being blood, dripped from her rouge lips. And she said unto them, I am not a normal teacher. I am a... Uh... What is she? Oh. Oh, oh, yes! I am vampire teacher. And today's subject is... And today's subject is... Knocking, knocking! How is an evil writer supposed to write evilly with all this knocking? Steve? Steve? Would you see who that is? And then kill them? And today's subject is... Blood! And then she bared her horrible fangs. The very fangs she had used to exsanguinate the mighty principal of East Naples Middle School. And... Hello. Steve! Who the hell is this? I told you to kill her. No, I don't care about whatever deals she may be peddling. I was expecting you to slice off her noggin and drain her blood from my ink. Confound it, Steve, I really... Seems like you're having some ghoul trouble there. What? I said, seems like you're having some ghoul trouble there. Hi, I'm Cristiana Ronaldo, and I work for CheapGhouls.com, the nation's number one wholesale ghoul website. And I'd like to talk to you about our exciting new ghoul subscription program. Can I have a minute of your time? No. Sir, this is a deal you don't want to miss out on. I make my own ghouls, thank you very much. What can I do to make this deal work? Tell you what. You may not know this, but I'm the best horror writer to ever walk this cursed earth. And I'm always looking for people to read my evil stories. If you read one for me right now, then I'll hear your stupid pitch. Deal? Hot dog! I guess that's a yes? Since I'm already sitting in my evil chair, I'll have Steve pull up a slightly less evil chair for you. That's a folding chair. Indeed. Here's your story. It asks the biggest question man can ever really puzzle over. Who farms whom? Pumpkinkin. It had sprung up in the dry lot next to Mr. Reed's master bait and tackle like a weed, and it took no longer than a baby's breath for it to become the talk of the town. Fences made of green stems and vines, buildings and booths made of leaves, and fleshy orange vegetable hide, carnival rides made from humongous gourds, and a sign made from all the aforementioned materials with lettering drawn in a pumpkin vine's cursive. The Pumpkinkin Patch, free admission October 31st. And it sat there, inert, as the days wild away and the townsfolk of Oilfield, Oklahoma, tried to peek through the leafy fences or climb over the pumpkiny barricades to see what was inside. Inert until sunset on October 31st. A line of people in costumes stretched around the block when suddenly the pumpkin lights flickered on. The generators that powered the pumpkin rides began to spool up and carnival music played from pumpkin speakers, a jolly, bouncing, pumpkiny tune. The gates swung open and the pumpkinkin patch was open for business. Rowan and Novalee stood in front of the pumpkinkin patch, hands grasped together in a display of preteen love. They were quite the pair. 
Novali, the tallest girl in school, towered over the smaller boy, who had yet to fully experience puberty's clumsy and awkward caress. Do you think it's a typo? Novali asked, staring up at the pumpkin patches sign, bewildered. Pumpkin kin? She continued with a chortling lilt. I guess they had to make it different than my family's pumpkin patch, Rowan said. There can't be two pumpkin patches in a town as small as Oilfield, Oklahoma. Rowan was right. Oilfield, Oklahoma, was home to just 2,000 residents, half of which were horses, and a quarter of which were oil drills. Novali only then noticed that Rowan was wearing one of his many orange shirts that had the pumpkin patch, his family's struggling business, stamped on the front. Her face squirmed like an embarrassed leech. Sorry, she said, we can leave if you... Rowan squeezed her hand with the pride of a rebelliously blossoming preteen boy. No, he said. My mother forbade me from visiting the pumpkinkin patch, and that made me want to come and see it all the more. Plus, the rest of the pumpkin squad is waiting for us inside. Novali nodded her sage head. Then let's go in and see what all the fuss is about, she said, and Rowan grinned. Just don't tell my mom. They found their friends by a large jack-o'-lantern that was hollowed into an information kiosk. Maps, stickers, and jack-o'-lantern masks rested on a counter inside the pumpkin's gaping mouth. The whole gang was there. Lancey, the chubby one who always had a bar of name-brand chocolate in his grubby pockets. Dolphin, the girl who loved nature so much she made everybody call her Dolphin. Rathpunzel, with her short temper and her long hair tied into a most violent whip. And Crumples, who was known to crumple up anything he could get his hands on. There they are, Lancey said upon laying eyes on Rowan and Novali. He greedily shoved a hunk of name-brand chocolate into his maw before gesturing to the pumpkin wonderland that surrounded them. Pretty rad, huh? It's a lot nicer than your pumpkin patch, Rathpunzel said, her abrasive personality as prickly as a pear. She always seemed to pick on Rowan. As usual, he ignored her viperous barb and picked up a map, but didn't have a chance to look at it before Crumples took the guide from his hands. He tried to crumple it, but it had an elasticity that frustrated his attempts. It ain't made of paper. Lancey said. It's made from leather of pumpkin's hide, see? He turned the map over. Pumpkin vine spelled out the words, proudly made from leather of pumpkin hide. Novali turned a confused eye on her tiny boyfriend. Can you make leather from pumpkin hide? She asked. Lancey tossed another name brand treat into his gullet and nodded. I heard about a billionaire down South America way who made leather of banana once. Anything's possible. Bored of this pumpkin leather talk, Rathpunzel pushed her way through her friends. Come on, she said. Let's check out the attractions. The group cheered and hooted like baboons as they walked away. But something caught Rowan's prepubescent eyes by the giant pumpkin. Something which stood in the shadows inside the kiosk. The creature stepped forward. It seemed to be a man in flowing black and orange robes that completely covered his body, apart from a head crowning it all. A head that was a jack-o'-lantern. Its pumpkiny grin was as vibrant and chilling as a freshly graffitied grave. Chills wriggled through Rowan's flesh like fish in a cool Oklahoma stream. He took two frightened steps backward and broke into a sprint, running as fast as he could to escape the terrible creature. His fresh young man's neck hair stood on end. He got the feeling it watched him until he disappeared. The kids stood in front of a low fence made of vine, their shoulders slumped, eyes confused. A roller coaster car, made entirely of pumpkin, rattled above their heads, 
carrying screaming passengers on a topsy-turvy death-defying ride. But they paid it no heed, distracted as they were by a pitiful sign that read, Petting Zoo. No animals, Dolphin said, disappointment dripping from her lips like saliva from a ravenous ape. Just pumpkins. Indeed it was just pumpkins, a pasture of them laid out in the dirt. Several disappointed children waddled around the enclosure, squatting next to pumpkins, petting them, and then returning to a standing position with an aching hollowness in their souls. Who would want to pet a pumpkin? Dolphin asked. Crumples raised his right hand, a coy and playful smirk on his trickster's face. I do, he snickered. The others began to snicker with him, apart from Rowan, who spotted something in the crowds milling around the pumpkin juice stand that made his young blood run cold. His mom. Her curly brown hair, the hair he'd known her to have his whole life, bobbed up and down with each of her steps. Her chocolate-hued brows were creased, eyes narrowed, as she scanned the crowds for something. Rowan's eyes zeroed in on her shirt, which displayed a picture of his own face above the words, Have you seen my traitorous boy? Rowan tugged on Novali's arm, lowering her below the petting zoo's viney fence, barely avoiding his mother's ceaseless gaze as it swept over the blighted petting zoo. What gives? Novali asked. I want to watch Crumples pet a pumpkin. Her frustration was deserved, for Crumples had just slid into the pumpkin enclosure. Rowan pointed to his mother. My mom's here. She grounded me for even asking to come here and forbade me to come. If you support that new pumpkin patch, you are betraying your family, she told me. Rowan picked at a pebble in the dirt. She can't find out I'm here. It would break her heart. The heart of a woman who works night and day to not only raise pumpkins that provide money and sustenance to her family, but to raise a boy as well. He glanced around at the pumpkinkin patch. Practically the whole town was here. Business hasn't exactly been good since this place sprouted up. Novali caressed his supple cheek. Your mother's a good woman, but she can't keep you locked up on that pumpkin farm day and night. So the pumpkinkin patch beat you this year. So what? Your mom will come back next year with another great idea, like the famous pumpkin wet t-shirt contest. In the meantime, enjoy yourself. You're already in trouble anyway. A smile broke on Rowan's face like rosy-fingered dawn. I guess you're right, he admitted, and love soared in his heart. A shadow fell over them. Get up, lovebirds, Rathpunzel said, frowning at the pair. Crumples is about to pet a pumpkin. Novali and Rowan stood, dusting off their knees. Why are you always so grumpy? Novali asked. Because maybe not everyone needs to see your lovey-dovey crap 24-7, Rathpunzel said. She turned away so the pair couldn't see the look of longing in her eyes, the pain that lurked just below the surface, like an alligator in a love-struck pond. Crumples, his body contorted with youthful mirth, was in the process of reaching toward a pumpkin. Ever so gently, he began to stroke the surface of the gourd. He giggled and shook his head. Wow, Crumples said. It's like petting an animal, but it's a pumpkin. Several other people, grown-ups, kids, and those poor souls in between laughed at such an idea. They wouldn't be laughing for long. As the rest of the pumpkin squad shook their youthful heads and smiled at their comrade in age's silly antics, they all heard a sound. The sound of cracking. Crumples glanced down in puzzled bewilderment as the pumpkin he had gently pet began to spiderweb with cracks and fissures. He was even more bewildered when green vines emerged from the fissures and squirmed around like live eels in an eel sack. I didn't even crumple it, Crumples proclaimed, baffled as he tumbled backwards. A symphony of cracks rang through the night. 
He turned his harrowed face toward the rest of the petting zoo, where other children backed away from their own pumpkins, now cracked and wriggling. Rowan's pumpkin sense, a preternatural gift he'd had since infancy, jolted through his mind like an electric current. Something was wrong. Something was very, very wrong. Crumples! Rowan shouted. Get out of there before... A thunderous crack interrupted the child hero's prophetic words. As one, the tops of the petting zoo pumpkins split open. Tiny green and black goblinoid heads with narrow beady eyes and large mouths burst forth from their orange shells. Rowan's eyes swelled with shock. The creatures, whatever they were, cawed and yawned, showing row upon row of razor-sharp teeth, the sort of teeth made for rending human flesh. There was a cacophony of splitting, squishing sounds, and spindly green and black arms and legs burst forth from the pumpkin's sides and bottoms. Rowan gulped. It's too late, he finally finished. Crumples felt in his heart of hearts that he should flee this place, but the limelight, that fleeting, ephemeral moment of attention when everyone in the petting zoo was laughing at his antics, pulled at his juvenile soul inexorably. So he took a step forward, and he reached out his hand. Rowan watched as the thing, the pumpkinkin, spun its yellow eyes to face Crumples and leaned toward him. Crumples had a candy in his hand, a name-brand chocolate given freely from Lancey at some point earlier, and he proffered the delectable to the strange beast as a sort of peace offering. No! Rowan shouted, but it was too late, for at that exact moment, the pumpkinkin surged forward, mouth held impossibly wide. It giggled in a high-pitched, demented warble as it swooped toward Crumples' hand. The razor-sharp teeth latched on with a horrific chomp that caused Crumples to reel backward. He held up his hand, now only part of a hand, revealing the half-moon bite taken out of it. Three fingers were now missing, and blood spurted out from where they used to be. Crumples stared at his hand for a nonce, watching his new blood fingers, before the sound of the pumpkin patch faded back into his hearing. He ran for the gate, but this piddling snack wasn't nearly robust enough to sate the pumpkinkin's appetite. It loped after him on a pair of tiny, powerful legs, its pumpkin carapace bobbing hither and yon as it galumped after the boy. The monster took little time to catch Crumples. It leaped on his back with a terrible screech, knocking the small boy into the dirt. The goblin's claws wrapped around young Crumples' thorax, ripping chunks of flesh and later bone from this doomed boy, now little more than a corpse that hadn't figured out it should stop screaming. Viscera flew through the air like spaghetti in a cafeteria food fight. Rowan tried to run toward his former friend, but Rathpunzel grabbed him around his middle. There's nothing we can do, she screamed. We gotta get the helm out of here. The group turned, only to find themselves face to face with a scene that was so unbelievable it wouldn't even appear in their worst nightmares. The pumpkinkin were everywhere, and not just the ghoulies that had burst from the pumpkins, but larger ones too. Great, hulking pumpkins that walked on vine-like legs and tore open the lids of minivans in the parking lot, treating them not unlike a fishaholic, tearing back the brittle tin lid on a can of factory-processed tuna. Humanoid pumpkinkin, wearing black and orange robes, like the one Rowan had seen at the information kiosk, drifted toward cowering families, grabbing them with vines that shot from their robes like harpoons, spearing arms and chests, dragging their pitiful victims into the darkness of those black and orange robes. A military helicopter swooped overhead, 
only to be snatched from the sky by writhing pumpkin vines the size of dragons. It crashed into the pumpkin patch, igniting much of it in a blaze of fright. It was madness, a calamity, a slaughter. Run for it! Dolphin shrieked, her voice shrill and crackling like the call of the sea creature she loved so well. She backed away from the scene, terrified as she was by the pandemonium. At that exact moment, a pumpkin vine whipped out of the horrific melee and wound itself around Lancey's big-boned frame, eliciting a scream like that of a dying bunny. There was a horrific slicing sound, and Lancey spun to the ground as blood pirouetted from a gaping wound. Oilfield's tornado sirens howled mournfully as Rowan, Novali, and Rathpunzel dragged Lancey behind a pumpkin stand next to baskets of seemingly normal gourds. Lancey was covered in blood. His left arm was missing. His face was pale. Please, he moaned. Please. What, Lancey? Rowan asked, patting him on his head. What, dear friend? One more. Name brand chocolate, he whispered. Rowan reached into the boy's bloody pockets and retrieved a name-brand chocolate, now stained with the most crimson of liquid, that being blood, and unwrapped it before feeding it into his dying friend's mouth. A blissful look spread across the lad's cherubic face before the light fled from his eyes as his soul was snuffed into darkness. Rowan stared at his corpuscular comrade for an elf's age, his young mind unable to comprehend the cyclopean tragedy of losing not just one friend, but two. My traitor's heart has caused my friends to die, Rowan screamed. Look, Rathpunzel shouted. Rowan's eyes followed her pointing hand and settled upon a sight that would burn itself into his memory like a solar eclipse to the retina. Out in a field, surrounded by neat little fences made out of pumpkin vines, the pumpkinkin were pushing an industrial-sized meat grinder. Human legs, arms, and other body parts bounced up and down in the device's massive input funnel as the orange and green creatures pushed it over neat little rows of soda. The machine whirred and crunched as it spewed human gore from its output pipe, running in red and black rivlets over the fresh soil. But the true horror only occurred once the contraption passed. Vines burst forth from the ground in the machine's wake, and from these vines sprouted orange and green gourds. Pumpkins. Following behind these vines were pumpkinkin with shears, who snipped the pumpkins free from their restraints and lovingly put them into carts. My god, Rowan said, his pumpkin sense tweaking off the charts. They're using humans like, like fertilizer to grow more pumpkinkin. What? Novali screeched, rounding on her beloved boyfriend with terrified fury. He grabbed the larger girl's shoulders and gave her a gentle yet stern shake. Don't you get it? Rowan asked, spittle flecking around the edges of his maddened mouth. Us pumpkin farmers thought we were cultivating pumpkins since the dawn of time, but it turns out we had it the wrong way round. They were allowing us to grow them because, to them, we're the crop. This isn't a slaughter. It's a harvest. Dolphin, who had been barely holding it together, began to squeak like her namesake as the preteens processed this devastating news. The madness! She shrieked, surging to her feet and stumbling backward. She gripped the sides of her head, her eyes rolling side to side like a cow with mad cow disease. We gotta get out of here! Then, with a porpoiseful squeak, she ran headfirst toward the exit and headfirst toward a cadre of pumpkinkin who were in the process of menacing a group of cowering humans. Her animal call drew the pumpkinkin's attention, and they turned to witness a small, greasy girl in a dolphin shirt careening toward them. They snarled as she approached, 
But Dolphin, driven mad as she was by sheer panic, paid no heed to the auditory warning of imminent violence. She smashed into the pumpkin monsters, sending several flying. The rest fell upon her like piranhas upon a river-dipped cow. Her screams didn't last long. And the last thing Rowan saw of Dolphin, arguably the strangest member of their little friend group, was her blood-coated hand rising above the royal of pumpkin, vine, tooth, and claw, fingers splayed, wrist cocked slightly to the side as if Dolphin was waving goodbye. Rowan held back tears as he turned to his surviving two friends. How are we going to get out of here? He asked, his voice as defeated as his spirit. It's a small miracle the pumpkin kin haven't found us here yet. Novali glanced at Rathpunzel, who held a large pumpkin to her ear and shook it. The thing was bigger than her head. Bigger than her head. That's it! Novali shouted. She grabbed the pumpkin and punched through it with a sickening, squelching sound. Like a feral beast, she scooped out the pumpkin's insides and then used her fingers to poke two eye holes in its waxy skin. To get past them, Novali said, we have to be like them. She shoved the pumpkin on her head, completing the illusion. It's the perfect disguise, Rowan said. Even Rathpunzel was impressed. Novali quickly eviscerated two more pumpkins and plopped them on her friend's heads. Some sheets of orange burlap from a nearby fabric pile completed their look, and the trio did a decent job passing as mature pumpkinkin. Just act like a pumpkin, Novali said, and let's see if we can make it out. The trio walked out from behind the pumpkin stand and into a realm of terror. Pumpkinkin were herding groups of humans as if they were cattle, whipping them with barbed vines, nipping at their feet with needle-like teeth, forcing them toward the larger pumpkinkin, who strangled them with vines or smashed them with huge trunk-like legs. Smaller pumpkinkin dragged them toward the meat grinders. It seemed as if the fertilization wasn't complete. None of the pumpkinkin seemed to see through the preteens' hasty disguises. It seemed they would reach the pumpkinkin patch's exit unmolested, but then... Novali suddenly hissed, pointing past a body pile, where a band of humans, armed with rakes, shovels, clippers, and other gardening implements, were doing their best to fend off a slavering pumpkinkin horde. And at the front was Rowan's mom. Mom! He exclaimed, starting forward, completely forgetting that he illegally snuck out of his house to come to the pumpkinkin patch. All he wanted at this moment was his mother's caress, to smell the earthy, familiar fragrance of her pumpkin farmer hair. Rowan, no, Novali said, holding him back. She's cornered and we're unarmed. What can we do? Rowan continued screaming, paralyzed by his whisper cry shrieks and his girlfriend's grasp. Rathpunzel looked at the small boy, the secret light of her nearly teenage infatuation. She could see the tears streaming down his face, the tears of a boy worried he may soon become an orphan. You guys head for the exit, Rathpunzel said. The pair stopped struggling. What do you mean? Rowan asked. Rathpunzel took off her pumpkin helmet. Her face was covered in orange guts. I like you, she told Rowan. I've like liked you since sixth grade, but you're with Novali. I see that now. She hurled her pumpkin to the ground where it shattered, then lifted up her hand and clenched it into a fist as she glared at it. Dang, this wrath always burning in my heart. She walked up to Rowan and gave him a gentle kiss on his pumpkin head, the first unwrathful act the preteens had ever seen her commit. Then she was off, running toward the pumpkinkin swarming around Rowan's mom and her curly brown hair. Rathpunzel slid to a stop in the muddy street and pointed at the pumpkinkin. Hey, you dumb gourds! She shouted, her chest heaving up and down with a titan's fury. Y'all missing these? The pumpkinkin turned to face her. Rathpunzel reached into her pockets and took out two miniature pumpkins. 
she held one in each hand. This got their attention. Fear and anxiety were plainly carved into their pumpkin faces. She smashed the pumpkins together, obliterating them into a gooey mist. Rowan and Novali gasped in terror. <gasps> Come and get me, Rathpunzel yelled. She was off, running down the bloody lane. The pumpkinkin shrieked and chased after her, leaving an opening for the few humans, Rowan's mom included, who remained alive. Onward, Rowan's mom bellowed. To the exit! The townsfolk cheered and ran for freedom. Rowan and Novali stripped off their pumpkin disguises and ran toward the group. Rowan's mom spotted them, eyes wide with concern and relief. Mom, Rowan screamed, leaping into her tender embrace. Rowan, you're alive! Thank God, oh thank God, sweet, sweet boy, she shouted. I'm sorry I'm a traitor, Rowan said, sobbing. You're not a traitor. You're my boy and I'll always love you. Though, I think we should think of a new family business. Novali ran over to them, and together, the trio, mom, son, and son's girlfriend, fled that dreaded pumpkin patch and escaped into town. And one day, this horrible night would be just a distant memory. A memory, at least. Until the next time the pumpkinkin decided that another town was ready for harvest. Mmm, now that the tale has been told, what did you make of it? I'll never look at a pumpkin the same way again. Now, about those ghouls, you say you make your own, but are they really up to AGA standards? Oh yes, the ghouls. What's your ghoul doing with that club? Well, I want to tell you how I make my ghouls. First, you have to club the unsuspecting victim until they're dead. Then you have to open up the skull and use these cursed needles to adjust the brain like so. Then you strap them to a table and wait for the next thunderstorm and presto! The best part about it, it's free. What do you say to that? Oh, that's right. She can't say anything. Not until the next thunderstorm. <laughs> this episode was performed by Stephanie Williams and Lord Serpent. It was edited by Michael Morgan, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. Pumpkinkin was written by Charles Brock and Lord Serpent. It was produced by Stacy Melbourne, Michael Morgan, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. Michael Morgan and Lord Serpent were the audio engineers. The music was composed by Charles Brock and Lord Serpent. And tune in next week for even more of my horrific tales of madness and terror. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lord Serpent's Library and check out my homepage at rss.com slash podcasts slash Lord Serpent's Library. <laughs>